What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Bandwagon. I'm Kyla. I'm with me today, and every podcasting day is my co-host, Elias. Hey. We are now seven weeks into the season, which is crazy. Time goes by so fast. Before we get into week seven, we always start the show recapping our own fantasy team's performances. Just know, y'all, if your team is up and down week to week, you are not alone, because my team is the same. (laughs) (laughs) But Elias, your team bounced back this week nicely. I got back in the saddle in, in week six. I won 140 to 124. The king is dead in our fantasy league. Jackson was finally defeated. Oh, he was, yeah. He's 5-1. and one. He has company on top of the standings, a.k.a. me. He got uh, defeated by the Wet Willies, though, which is, she's mm. what, like 2-4? and four? Yeah, and my opponent for this upcoming week. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So I'll have to stop that hot streak in its tracks for the, <laughs> for the Wet Willies. <laughs> Uh, in week six, my decision to go with Matt Ryan over Lamar Jackson paid off. It didn't look like that was going to pay off. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson rushed for an ungodly amount of yards, and he was doing great, had 32 points. And I thought to myself, wow, I really hope Matt Ryan comes through. Oh, yeah. And luckily he did. Matt Ryan came through with 40 points, 365 yards passing, four touchdowns. The Falcons and Cardinals game was wild. Yeah. The Falcons fought back just for Matt Bryant to miss an extra point (laughs) that could have tied the game and potentially sent it to overtime. At the very least, tied the game, but no, he missed it, and that's how the Falcons lost. And as we talked about last week, the Falcons continued their terrible stretch. That's painful. Lamar Jackson, though, 152 yards on the ground and a touchdown. He was incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't really matter, I guess, though. I had him on the bench. I made the right call there that, you know, put my mind at ease. It's amazing that you have two quarterbacks that are performing at that level. Just like, just Well, and you keep talking about trades potentially. I just got to <laughs> I gotta see what else is on that, uh, that trade offer. <laughs> I'll think about it. So the rest of my lineup from last week, your recommendation to start Carlos Hyde was excellent. 19 and a half points for him, 26 yeah. carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. He fumbled early in the game, but he overcame that. My big issue going into last week because of the week before mm-hmm. was my wide receivers and whether or not Odell and Mike Mike Evans would actually perform. I demoted Mike <laughs> Evans to the <laughs> slot position, if you recall, out of spite. Yeah. Well, they both finally came through. Uh, that was my big worry. Mike Evans, nine catches, 96 yards on 17 targets, which is what you want to see. That is I an believe, ungodly amount of targets. I believe the week before he had three. Wow. So clearly they're trying to get him back in the game plan. Yeah. And then OBJ, six receptions, 101 yards on 11 targets. Big uh, weeks for them to bounce back. He's my confidence high. At the same time, my main man, Cooper Cup, who was promoted to the wide receiver <laughs> position from the slot position, four catches, 17 yards. The Rams were awful Yeah, in their game. They were. Against the 49ers. And also my big pickup of last week, the Carolina defense against your boy, Jameis Winston. Oh, yeah. Your, your favorite. My favorite guy. Carolina, seven sacks, five interceptions, two fumble recoveries for a total of 21 points for my defense. <laughs> Clutch pickup for me. 5 and 1 now. 
I'm loving it. Sitting at the top of the standings there. Somewhat. Mm-hmm. I think Jackson has more points than me, but I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah, you should be. Your team's doing good. As for Finkel as Einhorn. Mm-hmm. Things started off bad for me on Thursday night because I played against Dave, who has a very good team. And he has the New England defense, and they scored 27 points in Thursday Night Football last week. It's an ominous sign to get your <laughs> your week underway. Yeah, it's, it's never good when you start off that way. Things never got better for me. If, if you recall, <laughs> I started uh, Minshew Mania against the Saints, and he was tamed by Ooh. their defense. It um, would only go downhill from there for <laughs> Kyla. <laughs> Um, apparently Gardner Minshew was a trap play. He only scored 4.6 points in our league, which in turn then affected DJ Chark, who was a last minute swap for Tyler Lockett. And I'm going to blame you for this when I let you get in my head. So fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) See, you gave me Carlos Hyde and it worked out. I gave you Chark. It's the way it goes, I guess. It happens. It wouldn't have made any difference though. I'm just, I'm just being mean but very bitter <laughs> Lockett only got 10 points on my bench compared to the 5.8 that DJ Chark got but I still as you will see lost by so much that those four points would not make a difference my new addition tight end Gerald Everett did not pay off for me so my tight end situation still sucks he only got 1.9 points while Delaney Walker, also on my bench, outscored him with only 5.8 points. So, I mean, not much going on there. <laughs> you uh, still, still hanging on to him? I For now, for now, I'm just afraid that, I don't know. I don't know why I'm hanging on to him. <laughs> I'm afraid somebody else will pick him up and then he'll just be the best tight end in the league. <laughs> you kind of have to hang on to him and just... The, the tight end pool, as yeah. we always talk about, there's nobody out there. There's he nobody. is still better than anyone you can possibly pick up. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook had his lowest scoring game of the season this week for me. And Chris Godwin continues to be my most reliable player, which is amazing considering that Jameis Winston is his quarterback. Sunday night, James Conner had a great game. He scored 27 points for me with 119 total yards and two total touchdowns, which is great. But as I said, didn't matter. I went into (laughs) Monday night. I was down by 10 points already, and I only had Aaron Jones left. And my opponent had Aaron Rodgers, Kenny Galladay, and Kerryon Johnson left to play. There wasn't even a one in a million chance this time for me. Oh. <laughs> even if Jones had a big day, which he didn't. So You're I, saying there wasn't a chance. There wasn't a chance. <laughs> so I lost my game a measly ninety two points to hundred and forty eight. So I have now fallen to three and three and you can just call me the Dallas Cowboys at this point because your your trajectory <laughs> is along the same lines as the Cowboys. Um, unfortunately for Finkel, Zeinhorn, and the Cowboys, uh-huh. both both three and three. Both three and three. Right. That's gonna change this week, though. I got a good feeling. But for you or for the Cowboys or for both? For both of us. All right. Stay positive. <laughs> I like that. But I am frustrated to say the least. But this brings us to our next segment. Our winners and losers segment. We're going to start with our losers. 
this week. And mine, I have chosen Aaron Jones as my mm. loser of the week because what a letdown he was after such a high in week five where he scored four touchdowns. He finished this week with 47 rushing yards and four receptions for 13 yards. That is it. He did not get a touchdown. If you watch the game, you would see that he had a rough start to the game. He lost a fumble, and then he dropped a 33-yard touchdown pass that he was wide open for. Uh. And it definitely would have been a touchdown. So after that, Jamal Williams kind of took over that backfield. He out-touched him. He had a good game, too. He did have a great game. So, to me, it seemed like Aaron Jones was actively trying to not score any points for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just for me. He did it just to spite me for some reason. More spite. I'm hoping for a turnaround this week with him, but I did snag Jamal Williams off the waivers because I felt forced into it because I don't know what's going to happen there. It seems like they're going to probably go with the hot hand. Yeah. And some weeks is going to be Jones. Some weeks is going to be Williams. It's going to be impossible to predict. Yes. I'm going to go with my loser as well. Mine was Keenan Allen, the receiver for the Chargers. Only two catches, 33 yards on six targets on Sunday night. Wow. Had to battle through consistent double teams. uh, His third consecutive game where he hasn't reached 50 yards or scored a touchdown. Wow. Which is a little fascinating considering the way he started the year. Mm Mm-hmm. And a quick side note, just what what the fuck happened to the Chargers? <laughs> Some of these teams, we talk about teams that are confusing or the uh, lack of truth and projections when it comes to fantasy points and all that. But the Chargers, a lot like the Falcons, I just had, I wasn't the only one either. Just yeah. a lot of faith in the Chargers. And it still, it's very early. It is. They could do what they always do and look like crap and lose a couple games they shouldn't lose. And then... They may win their next eight games. I could see that happening. Why not? Yeah. It's a good roster. Yeah. But at this point, just what? I don't know. I mean, it seems like. The Steelers, Devlin Hodges. They made him look like (laughs) Terry Bradshaw was back out there and he was leading them down the field. Like it was the 70s again or, or something. It just, they made the Steelers look really good and the Steelers are not a very good team. They're not. They just, I realized that it must be demoralizing to come out when you're supposed to be at home. Uh-huh. and every single fan there is in black and yellow yeah. and they're waving a terrible towel. They don't <laughs> essentially have any home games, which has got to be depressing. I'm sure. But still, it's two and four and to put up a performance like that in prime time is really disappointing. Yeah. I'm going to go into my other guy who was also a charger, mm-hmm. who was a winner for the week. Yeah. And that's Hunter Henry. Eight receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns on nine targets, 28 fantasy points. Wow. Gigantic game for him coming back from an injury. He provides a new tight end one in fantasy. There aren't very many of them. I I guess technically there have to be, if you have 10 teams in your league, there have to be 10. Mm -hmm. But are there? There's not really, no, because we have 10 teams in our league and I do not own a tight end one on my team. That's a a great point because I don't either. But there are some teams. There's one team who has Austin Hooper and Hunter Henry who are both tight end ones. So some teams did better than we did. (laughs) Well, in a different league, I have uh, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. So I have two guys, and that's a 12-team league. Yeah. So I guess it can happen where you can have some depth at the position if you draft correctly. But Mm -hmm. 
Anyway, for for Hunter Henry, big days are ahead. It's nice to see another tight end enter the fold. Mm -hmm. And he was the lone bright spot for the Chargers. At least they have that guy back. Yeah, I really wanted to draft him too, and somebody got to him just before I did. Uh, My winner of the week, who has been my loser of the week at some point this season, Stefan Diggs. This might be an obvious choice for winner of the week considering the game he had, but how could you not pick him? He was benched in 35% of Yahoo leagues this week, including our own. I think Jackson had him, and he was on the bench. But he finished with 42 points this week with 167 yards and three touchdowns. So over the last two weeks, it seems like Minnesota is really trying to air the ball out more than they did in the first few weeks. So if they continue on this path, Diggs will return the value everyone hoped for when they drafted him as the wide receiver 12. Right. So. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Our guy. Mr. Relevant. Finally throwing some touchdowns, doing his thing. Back on somebody's roster this week. I think Alina picked him up. I love that. (laughs) Moving on to the injuries and waiver wire ads for this week. As we were talking so much about tight ends, I'll start there. Will Disley for Seattle. Torres Achilles, he is out for the season, which is a huge bummer. He was in the middle of a breakout year, already had 23 catches and four touchdowns. As for the probably biggest injury news, actually happened Thursday. We're Mm -hmm. recording on Saturday before this week seven of games. Thursday, Pat Mahomes dislocated right kneecap, which... They could not resist showing over and over again as <laughs> they showed them popping his kneecap back into place. I was going to ask if you watched that. And I you didn't could actually see his, you know, his leg kind of reverberate when they did it. Yeah, he. I didn't watch the game, but I, I always want to watch the injuries, so I googled it or I oh, found you, it on you're YouTube. You're one of those people. I, I can't watch the injuries. <laughs> I guess in your profession, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, not for me. Yeah. No, I, thought, I I shy away. Yeah, I I I, I um, searched it out so I could see how bad it was, and um, I noticed him laying on top of the offensive lineman for a while. He was in so much pain he couldn't get up. I felt bad for him, but they did just pop it right back in, and he just walked around. He he walked off the field. Um, he's gonna seek more opinions on his injury. He avoided serious damage, however. There will be, they're saying now, at least four to six weeks on the shelf. Mm. Uh, but surgery, the, if he does need surgery, which it seems like even if it's minor surgery, he will, mm-hmm. is what I read. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, just, yeah. just what I read. <laughs> but he's likely going to put off surgery until after the season. Yeah. Huge blow for the Chiefs. Huge blow for anybody who doesn't want the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Huge blow for a lot of fantasy teams. Especially uh, Hakuna Matata, who took Pat Mahomes with the number first one, overall, the number pick. one overall pick in our in our draft. <laughs> but Matt Moore, yeah, <laughs> was going to try to spin it a little positive, but he's not Pat Mahomes. No. The positive thing, though, is I do think Andy Reid will he'll at least devise a plan that will put Matt Moore in the best position possible. Yeah, I'm sure. The the coaching staff there is top notch. Mm-hmm. So. You can look at it that way. Yeah. More injuries. Amari Cooper left the game um, last week with a bruised thigh, but he is likely to play. It looked pretty bleak at the beginning of the week, but um, 
he's not going to be at 100% most likely, but he it does seem like he's going to play. For James, your for your beloved Cowboys, it's all all hands on deck. I know. They really need everyone to play. Uh, especially our two starting tackles. That would right. make a big difference. Uh, James Conner left their game with a quad injury, but he has the week seven bye to rest, so we'll see if he misses any time. Chris Thompson has turf toe. He's ruled out for this week. Um, Josh Gordon also did not participate in practice on Friday with a knee injury, and he is very unlikely to play, according to Yahoo, this week. And now for the Packers portion of your program. (laughs) Geronimo Allison, chest injury and concussion. He received that on Monday Night Football against the Lions. He remains sidelined on Friday. Consider him out. Jimmy Graham will play with the receivers. Two more that I'm about to talk about. Most likely both out. Jimmy Graham, you could see him getting a lot more uh, throws this week. Mm Mm-hmm which I had a waiver claim to pick up Hawkinson and drop Graham, and I thought that I canceled it. Well, I didn't cancel it, and I, I dropped Graham. Oh. And the Lions are playing the Vikings, so I'm sure Hawkinson will get one catch for seven yards. And finally, <laughs> after a couple of weeks of Jimmy Graham just sitting on my roster and doing crap, yeah, he's probably going to do something this week. Probably. Valdez Scantling for the Packers. He has an ankle and knee Injury, did not play this week, game time decision. Devontae Adams has officially been ruled out because of turf toe. It's third week in a row, Yeah, I believe. I think so, He's not going to play, which is pretty devastating for that offense. But something's in the water with the Packers, too. They are always among the most injured teams. Typically, it seems like it's the offensive line. Mm -hmm. They always have four backup offensive linemen playing, and it's just (laughs) Rodgers with a bunch of nobodies by the end of the year. Doesn't it seem like that? It's yeah, like every it year they have a ton of injuries, even when they won the Super Bowl, yeah. which was now, what, nine, ten years ago Yeah, with Rodgers. Charles Woodson's on the sideline at the end of the game, his arms <laughs> in a sling, and just the whole team was hurt. It yeah. just, it's fascinating how many injuries they have every year. Yeah. Um, let's see. One more new injury, I think, this week. Delaney Walker has an ankle injury, apparently. He missed practice on Friday. And he is listed as questionable. So I know that you guys are really itching to start Delaney Walker this week, but I'd maybe try to find an alternative. <laughs> Somebody out there is. <laughs> um, updates on previously injured players. We mentioned Devontae Adams already. Saquon Barkley with his high ankle sprain. Sound the horn. And some practicing. He's back. Uh, Todd Gurley has been removed from the injury report. David Johnson has an ankle injury, which is a different injury than what plagued him from last week when it was his back tightening up. He did return to practice on Thursday, but Cliff Kingsbury said that he is a game-time decision. Still with the Cardinals, Christian Kirk has an ankle injury, still remains in the rehab phase. It's a game-time decision there. On the Raiders, Tyrell Williams, plantar fasciitis. Yeah. He's having the old Albert Pujols syndrome. (laughs) An IR stint is possible. He is most definitely out for tomorrow's action. Here's a list of other Raiders receivers. (laughs) Zay Jones, Trevor Davis, Hunter Renfro, and Keelan Doss. Mm -hmm. We cannot recommend picking up any of them. No, I wouldn't. 
Uh, I guess the whole tight end or their their tight end Waller will be the entire passing game. Yeah, you would Josh think. Jacobs probably. AJ Green remains out, had surgery on his ankle this off season. Still has a ways to go. It seems like he won't be back next week either. Marquise Brown, he also has an ankle injury, remained out Friday, not likely to pay for his second straight game. And then pretty significant fantasy-wise, Alvin Kamara Mm -hmm. ruled out. The Saints are going to miss him pretty badly, you would think. Yeah. He has a high ankle sprain that wasn't really thought of to be serious, but proved otherwise. Yeah. Last but not least, well, maybe least, Mitch Trubisky. He has his shoulder injury. Poor will, Chase Daniel. Uh, he will play on Sunday. He went down in week four, and he is back this week. So, Sorry, Chase. It was short-lived. Yeah. I still love you. How did he do in his starts? Uh, he was admirable. <laughs> as good as Trubisky, probably. Yeah, well, <laughs> with the way Trubisky was playing, probably better, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, we did post on our social medias, on Instagram and Twitter, our top waiver wire ads of the week. We post these on Tuesdays. This week we went with Kirk Cousins, Jason Witten, a tight end, who, I mean, like we said, the tight end pool is very shallow, and uh, Jason Witten is getting targets, and it looked like Amari Cooper was going to miss. So Right. Even with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Jason Witten still gets, you know, third down conversion targets he gets red zone targets we'll see how it goes he's owned in <laughs> you our just league. love jason witten so much <laughs> I do. you're just like pick him up everyone do how it could do you it not now love jason witten like how could you not <laughs> on our list we had more tight ends luke wilson for seattle is probably not going to come anywhere near where their previous tight end disley was yeah in production, but he's taking a spot, so you never know. More tight ends, Hunter Henry and Ricky Seals-Jones for Cleveland. We also had Robbie Anderson, receiver for the Jets. Josh Allen, Adrian Peterson, Mark Walton, who's a running back for the Dolphins, is apparently getting a lot of production there for Miami. If you're real desperate and you want to go that route, he's probably available in, in your league. And then Chase Edmonds, a running back for Arizona, who was a great handcuff to have mm-hmm. if David Johnson is out. Yep. Yeah, so that's going to do it for the waiver wire ads this week. We will now move on to our good and bad matchups for the week. I'll start with my first good matchup. I think um, Frank Gore against Miami is going to have a good game this week. I think Frank Gore and Devin Singletary could both be nice options this week. Miami is giving up the most fantasy points per game to running backs, so I think there are plenty of points to go around. In week three, they gave up 100-yard games to both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, so it isn't beyond them to offer up two good fantasy starts from the same team. Mm -hmm. They've given up nine total touchdowns to running backs this season in five games, and the Ageless Wonder, last I checked, was only being started in 28% of leagues. In Yahoo leagues so he's definitely at the top of my list for a filler this week if you've been hit with the bi-week blues but the bi-week blues <laughs> should be plenty to go around in that game for every bill yeah my first good one is Kyler Murray the quarterback for Arizona they will be traveling to play the Giants this week Giants have a very beautiful 
beatable defense, not counting the Washington game where Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum combined for zero points. Each QB has gotten 23 points or more against the Giants so far this season. Even our guy Jameis got 23, or excuse me, 33 and a half. Wow. If Jameis got 33 and a half. That was the game in Tampa where they missed the field goal at the end. That was Daniel Jones's first game. (sighs) And they got the win out of that. Yeah. But Jameis threw the ball all over the yard. Mm -hmm. So hopefully Kyler Murray can do the same. Murray got 36.8 points last week. He finished 27 for 37 for 340 yards, three touchdowns and no picks. He had a fantastic game. He's inside the top eight in QB fantasy scoring, and he looks like an elite matchup this week. Yeah, he's definitely, he's been, I feel like, quietly having a good season. It seems like each week gets better and better. Especially for how young he is. Yeah. My next good matchup this week, Tyler Boyd versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I think I said Jackson Phil. I feel, I feel Jackson like, Phil. <laughs> I feel like Boyd is uh, always a risky play considering the Bengals are horrific. But he's averaging 10 targets per game. Jacksonville falls in the middle of the pack and fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position at 14th most allowed. They've been playing without Jalen Ramsey for a few weeks, which will continue, of course, since the Jags finally gave in and traded him to the Rams. The Bengals are averaging 40 pass attempts per game and not a lot of options in the passing game. So the volume is there. So, again, if you've got bye week, you got injuries, it could be a nice option for you. I think um, in our league, Bethany, who is cuckoo for Juju, she yeah. has him. But she also has Amari Cooper, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, somebody else that's on a bye. So if you're in that kind of situation, Tyler Boyd could be a good option for you. And now the Bengals, one of two teams remaining without a win, just <laughs> just them and the Dolphins. Yeah. I think that when it comes to futility in that, it's easy to remember the Dolphins in Washington, but the Bengals are right there. Mm-hmm. They've had just as bad of a season. Definitely. My other good matchup is Mark Andrews, the tight end for Baltimore. The Ravens are traveling to Seattle this week. So far this season, Seattle has allowed the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. Among the lucky tight ends have been Vance McDonald, <laughs> who somehow came away with 19.3 points in our league. When do you still it, have him? I do. Oh. I still have him sitting around on the bench there. <laughs> You're stashing him. Just he's, in hope. he's there for whenever he comes around, which I hope <laughs> is soon. R- Ricky Seals-Jones came away with 12.2 points, and Gerald Everett came away with over 19 points when the Seahawks played the Rams. So there have definitely been some good tight end games against them. If you put these stats together with Andrews getting more and more production with the absence of Hollywood Brown, it's, it has the makings of a big week and Andrews nearly went over 100 yards last week. I believe he had 99, which is always disappointing, <laughs> but yeah. Cause then you get two extra points and they go 100. Yeah. <laughs> he already has 34 receptions on the year at a barren position. Fantasy wise, he's projected, 10.78 points in our league. I'm thinking he will beat that. Yeah. Um, my first bad matchup for the week is Allen Robinson versus New Orleans. So if you look at this matchup on the surface, it looks decent. According to Yahoo, New Orleans gives up the 10th most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. 
But if you look at it a little more closely, you'd see that in the first three weeks of the season, the wide receiver one on each team finished with 100-plus yards and at least one touchdown. But, and we kind of briefly mentioned this last week, in the last three weeks, Marshawn Lattimore has gone to virtually the worst corner in the league to a shutdown corner. He's held Amari Cooper to 48 yards, Mike Evans to a big fat zero all around. And yeah, DJ Char- we, we know all about that one. <laughs> and DJ Chark to 43 yards, who has been pretty solid for most of the season. No touchdowns over that same time to wide receivers. The only receiver who has had success against New Orleans in the, the last three weeks is Chris Godwin. As we also mentioned last week, that he's masquerading as the number two wide receiver yeah. uh, in Tampa Bay, but he is not. So I wouldn't bet on Robinson to have much success, especially with the QB play in Chicago. No matter who the quarterback is, though, it's still not a good situation. So whether it's Trubisky or... Yeah, the, there's a lot of question marks there yeah. with with the quarterback coming back. Do you have confidence in Trubisky enough to start Allen Robinson? Yeah. And like you said, the number one guys there have just been pretty much getting shut down. Yeah. I wonder if it's a, you know, something they're doing schematically to put Lattimore in a better position. Yeah. Or if he just decided that he wanted to play football. <laughs> he just decided I, he was tired of being bad, I guess. Pretty much. I I don't know why exactly that turnaround has occurred, but it, it's definitely real. Uh, my first bad matchup is on Johnson, the running back for the Lions. They are hosting the Vikings. We'll start here. Seems like one of those RBs that's a must play in the fantasy realm. You don't hear a lot about Johnson being in the flex or on the bench. He's typically a a no-doubt starter. He's got double-digit points in our league thanks to receiving yards or a touchdown in four out of five games. But he's only topped 49 yards on the ground one time. That was against the Chiefs. I believe he had like 125, something like that. But he's only gone over 49 once. And that's even with with double-digit carries in every game. The Vikings have allowed the sixth-fewest amount of fantasy points per game to RBs. Only three guys have gotten uh, over 10 points uh, when they played against the Vikings. That was Aaron Jones, who got 25. He had 116 yards on the ground. The next highest total they've allowed on the ground is 53 yards. Wow. So take away that one game, the most you can get is 53 yards, and take away one game, the most on Johnson has got on the ground is 49 yards. So yeah. in order for him to have a productive week, he's going to need that touchdown and a lot of catches. Yeah. That, you know, if that doesn't happen, then you're in for a dud. Yeah, definitely. Uh, my next bad matchup this week, Terry McLaurin versus San Francisco. Now, it's pretty amazing what McLaurin has been able to do, considering that the Redskins have been so bad overall this year. Especially quarterback. Yeah. With that said, the matchup against the 49ers is a shitty one. San Francisco <laughs> is giving up the seventh fewest fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position, according to Yahoo. They've given up only two 100-yard games, and both of those were two Bengals wide receivers in the same game, and John Ross and Tyler Boyd, which... Seems like a fluke game at this point to me. The 49ers run the ball a lot, which will likely keep Washington's offense off the field. And Bill Callahan wants to get their own running game more involved, so McLaurin could see a decrease in targets. This situation screams a void to me. So Bill Callahan is the offensive coordinator? I think he's the head coach. 
Oh, he's the head coach now? I think because so, Because they yeah. got rid of Gruden? Mm-hmm. And he's still finding a job, <laughs> just hanging around. Yeah. Man, it seems, seems like he's been everywhere. Yeah. To recap... The guys that we just highlighted are our good matchups of the week. Frank Gore, Tyler Boyd, Kyler Murray, and Mark Andrews are bad matchups. Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, Carrion Johnson, and then my final one is Austin Eckler. The Chargers are traveling to play the Titans. A combined eight r- rushing attempts for Eckler the last two weeks. Game flow has had a little bit to do with that, but it does seem like Gordon is getting more of those opportunities on the ground. Mm-hmm. The target share is mainly equal through the passing game as well. Only three catches for 14 yards against the Steelers for Eckler. He's averaged 61.7 yards through the air per game this season, which is the best among RBs. So that's the big question here. Will he get enough receptions to make him a worthwhile play? Yeah. Last week, the answer was emphatically no. Mm -hmm. He surely won't get enough attempts on the ground. On, to, on top of that, Tennessee has allowed the eighth fewest amount of fantasy points to RBs this season. As we mentioned earlier as well, the Chargers are just super confusing right now. Yeah. Why really bet on them at all? They're struggling. It, admittedly, the Titans, even though they have a solid defense, not a good team. Right. So the Chargers could be ahead. Maybe they get you know more opportunities to their RBs late in the game. I still think Eckler, though, is no more than a flex if you really need him. And if you're good at that position, yeah. there's maybe time to sit him on the bench and yeah. just take a flyer on him. Yeah, I agree with that. Quick note about the Titans not being a good team. They are starting Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback this week. So you're, you're so smiley about that. Does that make you happy? Or I, have just no, <laughs> I have no feelings either way about Ryan Tannehill. I just think it's interesting that... Uh, they feel that he's going to be better than Mariota. Uh-huh. <laughs> Seems like a toss-up from an outsider's perspective, but... I mean, I guess they're doing something. It's more than the Broncos are doing. Well, that's a whole other can of worms, <laughs> isn't it now? Fangio did say after that horrific performance by Joe Flacco on Thursday where the Broncos got beat by the Chiefs, he has already said that he's not looking to switch out the quarterback. Yeah. That... You know, Drew Locke is injured at the moment. So when he comes back. Maybe they will. Well, and I also, I I went to Missouri. So I'm really hoping Drew Locke is a good NFL quarterback Mm -hmm. and they can put him in and he can be productive and then maybe earn the starting role for next season. Mm -hmm. You never know. But he was drafted by John Elway, which probably means that he's not very good. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that is true. Elway has not had any, (laughs) any success with that so far the only quarterback that he's either drafted or picked up that was any good is is Peyton Manning yeah and that was obviously a no-brainer yeah yeah so moving on to our game of the week this week we picked the Texans at the Colts as our game of the week getting the AFC South involved here quick note before we jump into the game I just want to mention I hopped on Twitter this morning and I follow the NFL humor account, which is not an NFL account, I don't think. It's just some person who has an NFL humor account. And they tweeted out and reminded everyone that four years ago today, the Colts gave us the worst trick play ever (laughs) against the Patriots, where their whole offensive line just moved over to the right side of the field. And they had two guys there to snap the ball. And... 
I don't know what was the plan it, was. Was it a fake punt and then the punter came in and like took the snap? Maybe. I'm trying to remember what the situation was, but essentially there were just Patriots that were just standing there <laughs> waiting for the ball to be snapped. And for some reason they did snap it. Yeah. And then he was tackled immediately. Immediately because there was nobody to protect him. And you have like Al, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth just being like, <laughs> what was that? What, what is going, going on? on? It really is got to be the worst play in NFL history. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Colts won't have to worry about that this week. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully that play's been thrown out. Oh, I would hope so, yes. Uh, this game, it is a division game, and as I've said, these games are always hard to predict. Both teams' total defenses are pretty average, with the Colts ranking 16 and the tank Texans ranking 18. So I, I expect a lot of offense in this one. The Texans are better against the run. They allow an average of only 88 yards per game. And they've allowed three rushing touchdowns on the year. T.Y. Hilton has had plenty of success against the Texans, going for more than 100 yards four times in the last six meetings. I think one of them was like 199 yards too, which is crazy. Um, I look for the Colts to heavily target him throughout this game. The Texans seem like they've established their running game recently with Carlos Hyde leading the way. As I recommended last week. As you'd like to point out. Point that out again. Astutely. (laughs) Um, So I think they'll try to run the ball against an indie defense that's giving up 113 rushing yards per game. But they've also only given up three rushing touchdowns on the year in five games. DeAndre Hopkins struggled last season when matched up with Pierre Desir. They met three times and Desir won the battle, allowing six receptions for 99 yards with 73 of those yards coming in their first meeting. So Desir is questionable to play this week with an injury. If he doesn't play, I would think Hopkins will have a big day as well. So Right. So I, uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Three of the last four QBs against the Houston defense have gotten at least 24 fantasy points, which is funny because the one that didn't was Kyle Allen for Carolina, hmm. and that's the one game that Houston didn't win of those last four games. Wow. He only had three some something points. That's interesting. Which that game is real confusing when, when you look at it. How low scoring it was. What the Texans are doing in every single other game. Mm-hmm. Carolina didn't really do much, or their their defense has been allowing a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Is, is what I should say. And against not very good teams either. And then against Houston, they were like a lockdown group. Yeah. Really odd game. The Colts defense will be prepared. Indy has allowed the ninth fewest fantasy points per game this season. Hyde, you're you're very high on Hyde. <laughs> I think the Texans may have a little bit of trouble on the ground. I think Deshaun Watson will lean on his receivers in this one. I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to take the Texans to win this Ooh. one. So like I said, I think offense wins games, defense wins championships, <laughs> and I think Houston has a better offense. The uh, Texans are four and two. The Colts are three and two. So it is a battle for first place. The Minshew-led Jaguars and the Titans have fallen off. Yeah. I do believe they are both two and four. I Gardner Minshew is now my enemy as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're now my enemy. <laughs> Taking a look at our lineups for this week, I at the moment have Lamar Jackson in over Matt Ryan. 
like we mentioned earlier, Ravens at the Seahawks. Uh, I, I don't know exactly which one to go with. Yeah. I think the Falcons are going to play well, at least offensively, against the Rams. Mm-hmm. You kind of were shaking your head. Would you go with Matt Ryan? I don't know. I mean, they're playing the Rams, so the Rams' defense isn't very good. They do have Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know if he's going to play now or not I mean, this week. And it's tough to say what role he would have right. with such a small time to prepare mm-hmm. as well. My receivers for this week, Mike Evans and Odell, both on by. So I will have Cooper Cup and Golden Tate at my receiver positions. The Giants are playing the Cardinals. I really think Golden Tate has a great opportunity to have a good week. Sterling Shepard's still out too, right? Yeah. Saquon, finally, back in a running back spot. (laughs) Sound the horn. Hell yes. I need him back so bad. He is projected around 19 and a half points. I'm hoping for 94 from Saquon. (laughs) If he could make that, ha- if he could make that happen for me, that would really be great. Mark Ingram in my other RB spot. Then I have, as I mentioned, TJ Hawkinson because I got that waiver wire ad, even though I really didn't want it. I thought I got rid of it, but now I've got him. Vance McDonald, my other tight end, also on a buy, and then Carlos Hyde down there in my flex spot on the bench. Marquise Brown still questionable, and then I had Damian Williams mm-hmm. on the. Thursday night game. I was who gonna ask you about him. How's how one, looking for him? One point six points <laughs> for Damian Williams. And the funny thing is that he even did have a little bit of volume. He had nine carries, but only got seven yards out of those nine carries. How does that happen? Yeah. Then he had three receptions, but only got two yards out of the three receptions. Wow. Excuse me, three targets, two receptions, negative one. Yards. Oh, wow. That's even I was looking at the wrong columns. Worse. Negative one. So he one point six points is what he wound up with in our league, which, you know, fantastic. Uh-huh. Saints defense against the Bears, who I picked up, and then Harrison Butker, Chiefs kicker, got twelve points on Thursday night. I uh this week am going back to Jared Goff for my starting quarterback. I decided not to use a waiver position and pick up Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins this week because Jared Goff is playing Atlanta, and I feel like there's no way that he's going to finish with less than two points again against Atlanta. So sticking with him this week, hoping he's going to have a bounce-back week and have more than 78 total yards. The positive thing is everyone is playing well right now when they play the Falcons. Yeah. My receivers this week, I have Chris Godwin on a bye. So my top uh, two receivers, I have Tyler Lockett, who is just going to stay in my lineup regardless of what you say because <laughs> he is, uh, he's consistent. He doesn't get a ton of targets, but with Will Disley out, he might start getting more. Uh, Michael Gallup is my wide receiver, too, against Philly, who is allowing a lot of points to receive, the most fantasy points, actually, to the wide receiver position. Even with Amari Cooper in there, I think that's still a good play. He had a down week last week. If you watched the game at all, you saw that the first few targets he got, he and Prescott just could not get on the same page. Uh, Of course, Dalvin Cook is my RB1 against Detroit who is giving up the third most fantasy points to the running back position. Aaron Jones I still have in there because I have James Conner on a bye, so I don't have 
much choice because I did not want to play LaShawn McCoy. And he, not great, but better than Damian Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna... And Jones is still a good play. We yeah. talked about all the guys that are out on the Packers offense. You would think they're going to try to run the ball yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. So I have him. I also do have Jamal Williams, who I have on the bench. I've decided that Aaron Jones is still the better play this week. Hopefully he'll get back on track. My tight end, I still am going to go with Gerald Everett. One Delaney Walker is questionable. I think Gerald Everett against Atlanta is going to be better than it was last week. For sure. And then in my flex, since James Conner's on a bye, I have DJ Chark against Cincinnati, which – According to Yahoo, not a great matchup. Cincinnati's not giving up a ton of points to the wide receiver position. But I'm starting him anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I got Delaney Walker on the bench, who may or may not still be on my roster next week. Brandon Cook's also on the bench, who has a good matchup against Atlanta, but I just find him hard to trust. Cooper Cup is definitely the guy, the number one guy. And I just feel like it's a toss-up between everybody else uh, on the Rams' offense of who's going to get the most targets and who's going to have the most success from week to week. So I have a hard time plugging him in. Still got Robbie Gold as my kicker, and I'm going with Tennessee's defense for the third week in a row, although they haven't been great the last couple of weeks. They are playing the Chargers this week, though, so I think it's a good matchup. Somehow or another, we wound up talking about the Chargers a, a lot. lot. Yeah. They're it's because they're dis- like baffling of what's happened to them. They are completely baffling. <laughs> what the hell? How are they two and four? <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for us today. May week seven bring you good fortune. We'll continue to do our top selections for the waiver wire on Tuesdays. Be sure to check that out and to send us your questions at BTBW podcast on Instagram and Twitter. We are on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. And don't forget to subscribe and review the show. So long for now, and we will see you next time beyond the bandwagon. See ya.